Thank you for joining us for the fourth Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference Call of 2013. I am Monique Farmer and I will moderate today's call. These calls are recorded in their entirety. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. The agenda for today's call will be as follows. Mr. Doug Cluck with the NOAA Central Region Climate Services out of Kansas City, Missouri will talk about the one month and three month precipitation and temperature outlook from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Scott Dumer with the National Weather Services Missouri Basin, Missouri Basin River Forecast Center will talk about the latest potential outlook for flooding along the Missouri River Basin. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division and her staff will provide an update on the current reservoir operations, the Corps' runoff forecast for 2013, and the long-term reservoir release schedule. Then we will take questions by state. We use a forced mute function during this call. To unmute your phone line during the call, please enter star six. This function does not work on all phones. Please be aware that if this mute function does not work on your phone, all others on the call will be able to hear your conversation. Now I'd like to do a quick roll call for this afternoon's speakers. Doug Cluck, are you on the line? Yes, I'm on. Thanks, Doug. And Scott, I know we talked earlier, but I just want to confirm that you're still on the line. Yes, I am. Thank you. Just a reminder for everybody that press kits with bios and Missouri River Basin and historical data can be found in your media advisory and or downloaded from our website. The slides from Doug Cluck's presentation can be found near the back of the press kit. They begin on slide 17. We will now begin with Doug Cluck from NOAA Central Region Climate Services out of Kansas City, Missouri. Doug will talk about the one month and three month precip and temperature outlook from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Thank you, Monique, and thank you everybody for uh, <clears throat> being on the call today. Uh, again, I'm going to talk a little bit about the climate in the last few uh, few months and a little bit about uh, the future. So if you go to my second slide, first slide shows you uh, uh, a concoction of what the precipitation was for over the last 30 days, by the way, over the Missouri Basin, and you can see that it's sort of a hodgepodge of mostly dry but wet in um, in a few places. So we'll go to the second slide, which is key points. And really, um, these are the key points that I'm going to talk about more as we go down through these slides here, that we've had a pretty cold spring and uh, the winter actually, the uh, second half of the winter anyway, was relatively chilly as well. Mountain snowpack, uh, mountain snowpack for this time of year may not mean a lot, but it, you'll, you may see an image a little later showing that we are near to slightly below normal um, in that. Uh, uh, mountains, mountain precipitation, however, uh, since October 1st, which is what we call a, the water year from October 1st to uh, basically the end of, uh, well, October 1st to October 1st, is uh, generally, again, below normal for the most part uh, for the Missouri Basin. <clears throat> Plains precipitation, as you also see, is sort of hit and miss. And uh, there are still some very large areas of below normal. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, soils generally better off than they were certainly this fall or even the last phone call that we had, I think, was a couple months ago. 
um, but worse than at this time last year. So that's sort of an interesting uh, interesting point. Now, I'm, I'm talking generally here. Some places are much better off than they were last year at this time. But the drought hadn't really set in either. Um, as far as predictions go, temperatures in the short run, uh, better chances for below normal um, uh, temperatures, you'll, as you'll see in, in May over uh, certain areas, and temperatures in the long run, um, uh, better chances to be above normal over a large part of the basin. Uh, precipitation, no really strong indicators except perhaps a, a higher likelihood of drier the normal conditions to the west and south in the basin. Uh, again, you'll see that. Um, one thing to remember over this basin and just about any other basin for the most part, but especially this basin, is there is a long drought memory in the soil and in the reservoirs, and uh, and, and you'll see that come out uh, a little bit, I think, in, in some of the flows and such that are going to be forecast later. Uh, very hard to overcome um, the current... Uh, uh, very hard to overcome these sort of this this long history of low low moisture in the soil and such with the current snowpack and outlooks as you'll see some slippage possible that means slippage back uh unfortunately in into uh into worse drought conditions in some parts okay on we go uh next slide number 3 <clears throat> is basically modeled soil moisture the left Ver the left image there is what what the soil moisture was computed uh, in in March, and then the one on the right is the one in May. As you can see, certainly places to our east have have moistened up quite a bit, but even in even in uh, uh, portions of the uh, Missouri Basin, um, the shading has become a little less severe. So that's that's good news as long as these models are, are more or less right. Uh, there is. Uh, uh, I guess it was pointed out to me that uh, since there was a late warm-up and we were colder than normal, some of the frost in the ground stayed a little longer than we expected or usually expect, I should say. So some of that snow that melts <clears throat> may have run off uh, and not percolated into the soil, especially as you go north in the basin. So it wasn't as uh, as useful as it probably could have been. Next slide, number four, is the mountain snowpack on the left. That's the sort of uh, current condition of the snowpack in terms of average. And then, the and you, as you can see there, most of those yellows and greens are either slightly below or slightly above or near normal uh, conditions for this time of year. Um, not true across the entire West, as you can also see. Uh, as far as precipitate, per, uh, precipitation percent of normal on the right, you see that there are a lot of basins that are uh, just under 100% to just over 100%, but several, especially as you go south, um, you'll see that uh, some of those basins are, are even uh, in the light browns, which are fairly critical down to, uh, um, um, what are we saying, 50 to 70%. So uh, uh, pretty dry as you go south. Uh, uh, okay, I was going to say something else about that, but I can't remember. Um, on we go to the next slide. Now, uh, if you have if you have this up in PowerPoint view, or if you have a PDF, you won't be able to see all these slides. But generally, the percent of normal precipitation over the last month, as you can see on the next slide, is uh, for for the basin for the states anyway in the basin, is generally below normal over most of the area. Pockets of above normal definitely in Colorado, and uh, the lower basin. Uh, uh, 
are evident, but also quite quite large areas, especially in South Dakota, middle of Nebraska, western North Dakota, and Montana are below normal the last month. Um, if you click through to the next slide, which isn't the, actually the next slide, it's just a new uh, image on top of the last one. I don't know if you have the PowerPoint again, but if you do, you'd see that over the last 90 days, uh, the same areas of Colorado and uh, eastern Nebraska and lower basin, really, uh, excluding uh, western Kansas, I guess, um, have really shown uh, above normal precipitation. But as you head up north, let's say north of Sioux City, up uh, up in that part of the basin, generally you're seeing below normal uh, precipitation. Even though we had some, some um, significant snows and such up there, it just wasn't. Uh, for the last 90 days, again, it just wasn't um, uh, above normal. So finally, the last slide of this series uh, is a percent of normal precipitation of the water year, and that goes back again to October 1st. And generally, it shows very uh, relatively wet conditions across the border with Kansas, uh, or I'm sorry, Canada, and then as you go south of that, <clears throat> uh, about halfway through North Dakota all the way down into Kansas, you see mostly below normal uh, precipitation across the region. Um, going to the next slide, which should say at the very top, departure from normal uh, temperature. And the first image that I have, again, there's a couple slides here embedded on each top of each other, um, is from basically the last month or so. And you'll see that much below, uh, like 9 to 12 degrees below um, normal temperatures, across most of uh, the eastern Dakotas, and then a huge area of six to nine degrees below from basically Kansas City uh, up to eastern Montana. So we, our temperatures have been relatively cold over the last 30 days, as we all know. And then again, um, since the beginning of the year, the next embedded slide shows that temperatures for uh, the year so far excuse me, have been uh, at least four degrees for the most part below normal with a few areas uh, uh, even colder than that. Okay, going to the next slide, which says climate outlooks on top. Uh, that just describes what I'm going to talk about in the next few slides. We see, if you go to the next slide, temperatures and pre temperature and precipitation probabilities for uh, two weeks out. So we're just looking at uh, May 20th to the 26th, we see uh, uh, a slight chance of cooler than normal conditions across, uh, the, again, the lower basin for the most part, drier than normal conditions across mainly, uh, or chances for drier than lower, chances of lower, um, temp uh, higher temperatures, sorry, higher temperatures across most of the mountains. And then when you look at precipitation, it's sort of flip-flop there, uh, the upper sort of northeast portions of the basins above chances for above normal precipitation into the south and southwest, south and west, I should say, uh, chances for below normal precipitation in that week. If you switch to the next, uh, next slide, you'll see May temperatures and precipitation probabilities. Uh, quite a big bullseye there um, over the lower basin in terms of temperatures. I, I guess other than today, <laughs> that's going to that may hold true. Um, so basically, the bullseye in the lower basin saying that there's a pretty good chance of below normal temperatures in you know eastern Kansas, uh, Missouri, all those areas, with more or less equal chances in the northern northwest part of the basin. As far as precipitation goes, 
there's a minor bullseye, I guess you'd say, in the over Iowa for the month of May, and uh, lower than normal chances of precipitation across Montana and Wyoming, um, slightly um, for May. Uh, the next uh, slide is three-month temperature outlooks for May, June, and July. The temperature uh, uh, map on the left shows much of the uh, lower basin um, and even the middle part of the basin uh, having a greater than normal chance of above normal temperatures. And um, that usually means, obviously, with warmer temperatures, more evaporation and such. And as far as precipitation goes, Again, you see kind of a weak bullseye over uh, Colorado and southern Wyoming <clears throat> in terms of uh, lower than normal uh, precip precipitation expectation all the way up through uh, uh, um, Wyoming and Montana. So the mountains, again, high plains area. Uh, so uh, next slide is the current drought monitor as of last Thursday and the U.S. Uh, seasonal drought outlook. And you'll see that uh, obviously, uh, you already know that you're in a drought when you're in it, but uh, uh, some pretty some pretty bad drought conditions hanging on across Nebraska and portions of South Dakota and even into Wyoming. Um, but uh, uh, as far as relief goes, U.S. The, the, the drought outlook shows that there could be some improvement across South Dakota, Nebraska, Basically, again, the High Plains area with little improvement or no improvement uh, west of the High Plains. In other words, the mountains of, uh, of uh, Colorado, uh, Wyoming, and southern Montana. And then the final slide is a thank you. And if you want to watch, uh, if you want to see these maps updated on Thursday, you can. There will be a presentation at 1 p.m. There's how you can... Uh, that, that address there tells you how you can log in and listen to the drought webinar. Not given by me, by the way, so it will be much better. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Now we will hear from Scott Dumer with the National Weather Services Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. He will talk about the latest potential outlook for flooding along the Missouri River Basin. Thank you, Monique. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Long-range stream flow predictions by the National Weather Service continue to in indicate a decrease in the risk uh, for significant flooding across much of the Missouri Basin uh, the remainder of this year. Exceptions to this general statement include our Milk River Basin in Montana, the James River Basin in North Dakota and South Dakota, the Big Sioux River Basin in South Dakota and Iowa, and the tributaries to the Missouri River within the state of Missouri itself. For these areas, a near-normal risk for flooding exists. A normal risk does not necessarily indicate that flooding will occur. A normal risk simply means that for these locations, uh, which typically flood during late spring and early summer, they are likely to experience flooding again this year. Consequently, near-normal risk suggests uh, that for those areas that do not typically flood during this time of year, probably will not experience flooding this year. Uh, but again, a lower-than-normal risk for significant flooding does exist, for most of the Missouri Basin uh, for 2013. Mountain snowpack accumulation has peaked and noticeable runoff from snowmelt has started in some areas. The May water supply forecast developed by the National Resources Conservation Service in collaboration with the National Weather Service was released last week. Uh, the May water supply forecast projects generally below normal stream flow volumes 
from mountain melt-off. Precipitation received in the past few weeks has resulted in a noticeable improvement in the May through July streamflow volumes projected in the Platte River system. Regarding flood potential, significant flooding from mountain snow melt is not anticipated. Plain snow melt is now complete. Plain snow melt did result in minor to moderate flooding in the James Basin in North Dakota. Minor flooding along the James River in South Dakota is possible as the snow melt runoff makes its way downstream later this month and into June. Uh, plain snow melt coupled with rain also resulted in minor snow or uh, minor flooding in the Little and Big Sioux River basins this spring. Convective Convection drives spring and summer flooding in the lower third of our basin. Several rounds of spring and early summer rains have brought widespread minor to moderate flooding in southern Iowa, extreme eastern Kansas, and especially within the state of Missouri already this year. One location along the Sheridan River and another location on the Grand River actually reached the major flood category in mid-April as a result of these heavy rains. The Missouri River itself experienced minor flooding below Kansas City in mid-April. Spring and summertime localized flooding is typical in the lower third of our basin and it is expected to continue off and on throughout the remainder of uh, spring and through the uh, remainder of summer as well. Thank you and this concludes the National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief. Thank you, Scott. Well, Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will now provide us with an update of current reservoir operations. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this month's Missouri Basin Outlook call. Uh, while the basin has seen some improvement in drought conditions over the past several months, the regulation of the reservoir system remains in drought conservation mode. However, as Scott mentioned, even in the midst of severe drought, floods can and will occur particularly this time of year as a result of thunderstorm activity below the reservoir system. Real-time regulation of the reservoir system is done doing, using the best available hydrologic and climatic information and is adjusted to respond to changing conditions on the ground. Each month, and more frequently if needed, we produce updated runoff and reservoir regulation forecasts. Last week, we posted the May runoff and reservoir regulation forecasts on our website and put out a news release that presented much of the same information we're discussing on the call today. Now I'll ask two of the senior engineers in my office to describe these studies in more detail. We'll begin with Kevin Stomp to discuss the updated 2013 runoff forecast, and he'll be followed by Joel Konopczynski, who will discuss the planned regulation of the reservoirs based on the runoff forecast. Go ahead, Kevin. Thank you, Jody. Although precipitation in April was well above normal in much of the upper Missouri River Basin, observed April runoff was 78% of normal. This is due to the large soil moisture deficits in the upper basin from the 2012 drought. As a result, calendar year runoff for the Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa continues to be below normal. The May 1 runoff forecast is 20 million acre-feet, which is 79% of normal. Drought conditions vary across the upper basin. There are no drought impacts in northern Montana and much of northern North Dakota. Severe drought conditions still cover much of southern Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, and Nebraska. Extreme to exceptional drought conditions are also present in western South Dakota and much of Nebraska. The seasonal drought outlook indicates drought conditions may improve east of the Missouri River in the Dakotas, Nebraska, and Iowa. 
West of the Missouri, some improvement is forecast. However, existing drought conditions are expected to persist in southern Montana and Wyoming through the end of July. Soil moisture conditions continue to exhibit large deficits centered in Nebraska, extending into South Dakota and North Dakota, southern Montana, and Wyoming. All plain snowpack in the upper basin has melted. While there was a fairly significant amount of plain snow this winter and spring, the plain snowmelt generated less than normal runoff due to infiltration into the dry soils. The mountain snowpack peaked at 95% of normal on April 23rd in the headwater basin above Fort Peck Reservoir and at 95% of normal on April 25th in the Fort Peck to Garrison Basin. Normally, the mountain snowpack peaks on about April 15th. As of May 13, the snowpack above Fort Peck was 58% of the normal peak. From Fort Peck to Garrison, snowpack was 67% of the normal peak. Our forecast does consider the CPC's precipitation and temperature outlooks, which Doug Cluck described earlier in the call. And finally, in summary, just to repeat myself, uh, the 2013 runoff forecast for the upper Missouri River Basin is 20 million acre feet, which is 79% of normal. Thank you. Okay, Joel. Thank you, Jody. System storage is currently 49.5 million acre feet, or 7.3 million acre feet below the top of the carryover multiple use zones. The carryover multiple use zone is designed so that the system provides service to the congressionally authorized purposes, though at reduced levels through a long-term drought. Gavin's Point releases averaged 17,800 CFS in April. The release is currently 18,000 CFS. Releases are expected to remain near that rate for about another week and then increase to 24,000 CFS. Releases will be increased to prevent the endangered lease turn and the threatened piping clover from nesting on low sandbars that would be flooded later this summer when releases or when higher releases are needed to provide navigation flows. The nesting season runs from May to late August. Monthly simulations or studies. The basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Kevin just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in the precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next 12 months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulation. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our webpage. Navigation service level and season length. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and to help provide an eight to nine foot deep navigation channel downstream. We are currently providing minimum service flow support for navigation. Flows for this level of service are designed to provide an eight foot deep by 200 foot wide navigation channel and would require Gavin's Point monthly average releases ranging from approximately 18,000 CFS to 28,000 CFS. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for the navigation would be near minimum service and the navigation season would be shortened two days. If the drought deepens, the navigation season could be shortened by as much as 15 days. The spring pulses from Gavin's Point Dam. Both the May, March and May spring pulses will not be implemented in 2013. 
The Corps and the Fish and Wildlife Service have agreed to forego the spring pulses this year while we work to implement the recommendations of the Independent Science Advisory Panel. Energy generation at the main stem dams, the forecast for 2013 energy generation, again with the basic simulation, is 7.7 .7 billion kilowatt hours. With normal reservoir levels and releases, we would expect approximately 10 billion kilowatt hours. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Joel and Kevin. So in summary, we're implementing measures to conserve water in the mainstream reservoir system this year, including reduced service to navigation. Flow support for the second half of the navigation season and the season length will be determined based on the volume of water in the reservoir system on July 1st. Other potential conservation measures that may be implemented this summer include not supporting navigation targets in reaches without commercial navigation, use of the Kansas Basin Reservoirs for navigation support, and cycling Gavin's Point releases during the endangered species nesting season. And as one last reminder, despite the drought conditions in the basin, the risk of rainfall-induced flooding is near normal. We'll continue to monitor the conditions in the basin and we'll make necessary adjustments to the releases as the year unfolds. That concludes my remarks. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jody, Kevin, and Joel. These calls are recorded in their entirety and they can be retrieved from the CORE's website by no later than close of business today. We will now take questions by State for the CORE, Doug Club, and Scott Dumer with the National Weather Service. We will begin with the State of Nebraska, Congressional Delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. Just a reminder, it's star six to unmute your phone. Okay, moving to the state of Wyoming. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Kansas. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Montana. Congressional delegation. Yes. Um, this is Tim Brigman. I have a question for Doug. Um, okay. And, and one for Jody also. And Tim, you're with State of Montana, correct? Yeah, Montana Department of Natural Resources. Sorry. Um, okay. Doug, for number 20, uh, on page 20, the right side, show the mountain snowpack. And I understand there's a new period of record that was being used this year. And it was reported that um, snowpack peaked at 95% of normal. And I'm just wondering what that, uh, what that might have been under the previous period of record. Hmm. Good question. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure who made up. I guess it's the NRCS who came up with the normals. I actually wasn't aware that those were changed this year. So, um, but I can get back to you, Tim. Okay, I understand it might have varied by around uh, what appears to be 95% might be 85% under the previous uh, period of record. Hey, hey, you guys, this is Kara McCarthy from the NRCS. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, okay. Okay, great. Yeah, um the rec the um underlying averages were changed normals were changed to um eighty one twenty ten this year and it was seventy one to two thousand. And um both stream flow and snowpack on the whole were 
higher um, on average for those 30 years than they are the most recent 30 years. So you're definitely correct. And then on top of that, with the snow water equivalent, um, the normal switched from average to median, and um, it's not always the case. It, it definitely does vary site by site, but um, typically the median number is lower than the average. Not so much at the peak, but definitely at the tails. Are, are you saying those might have offset those those changes a little bit? Uh, no. I'm saying it keeps it's it's in the, it's in the continued direction where the the median number again at the peak it's it's not it's not as um, different but um, definitely at the tails that you'll be seeing now the median um, snow water equivalent at at each point is lower than the average so not only did the 81 to 2010 um, Averages also, not just medians, are lower, making the percent higher. Um, we are now using medians instead of averages for the snow water equivalent normal, and typically the median is can be sometimes it's a little it's higher, but typically it's lower than the average would be. And you can check both. We have both available, um, not in this graphic, but we do have both the average and the median available for. Um, all the points. Thank you. And I have a question for Jody also. Um, were the upper three reservoirs in balance on March 1 for 2012 and 2013? Um, if I'm correct, Oahe was a little low, and Fort Peck and Garrison were slightly high. Is that correct, Joel? I'm trying to remember for sure. Tim, we can check on that, and I can email you after the call. Okay, and 2012 also. Sure, we'll get that for you. Thank you. Okay, do we have any additional questions from State of Montana, Congressional Delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? If not, then we'll move to the state of North Dakota. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press, star six, to come off mute. State of South Dakota. Congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, press, or tribes. Uh, this is Nathan Johnson with the Yankton Press in Dakota. Hi, Nathan. Hi. I have a question for Jody. Uh, Jody, you sent out a letter to uh, organizations with water intakes at the end of April, warning them that flows could go down to 9,000 CFS later this year. And I was just wondering, when would the decision to go to 9,000 be made? Uh, when would it be implemented, and how long would it be in effect? Yes. Um, the letter he's referring to is the letter that we sent out a couple weeks ago to all of the water intakes located along the lower Missouri River, um, just asking for their assistance to ensure that their intakes are able to operate over a wide range of releases. Uh, the master manual uh, discusses our non-navigation releases um, when we're in periods of drought. Uh, the winter release, the target is 12,000 cubic feet per second. 
and then what we call the non-navigation open water season is 9,000 CFS. So that, that would go into effect if we shorten the navigation season. Um, so the decision would be made on the 1st of July based on the system storage on that day. We'll know whether or not we will shorten the navigation season. Um, if we shorten it just for two days, like the current study shows, we probably wouldn't go to 9,000. We would just go to the 12,000. Uh, but if we had, you know, a couple weeks of shortening, then going to 9,000 would certainly save uh, quite a bit of water. Um, so that, those are that's where the numbers come from. They come from the master manual. And we know that uh, some of the intakes had challenges last winter, and we just wanted to remind them of these numbers and uh, encourage them to make the necessary modifications. So when would that 9,000 then be implemented, Jody? Well, it would, it'll depend, we'll decide on the 1st of July right. based on the storage check. And then the shortening of the navigation season comes at the very end. So okay. we typically end the navigation support on the 1st of December. So under the worst case scenario that we're showing right now, our lower basic study, we're showing 15 days of shortening. So that would be working back from the 1st of December back 15 days. So, you know. It would be it would occur during November. And have you gotten much feedback from that letter? Um, I've gotten one letter in response, and I've talked to uh, a couple people. Um, uh, certainly, I know some of the water intakes. Uh, we had, we had spoke to them before we sent the letter. Some of the water intakes were encouraging us to send it so that they could help explain to. Um, their boards or whoever, um, why they needed to make these changes to their intake. Um, some folks, uh, of course, are concerned about the cost of making changes. But I think, you know, the court's position is, is and always has been that there's always sufficient water in the river. None of these intakes take even 1% of the total flow that's flowing by their intake. So it's really an issue of them maintaining access to the water, and that's the responsibility of the intake operator. Thanks a lot, Jody. Jody, Tony Mangan at KCCR Radio. When, you, when you're looking at the river at this point, what and the Wagi Reservoir? How long do you see it to staying up until you start to draw down? Um, Oahe will probably peak sometime uh, early summer. Let me pull up my latest monthly forecast. And we show Oahe peaking, you know, sometime in the June to yeah, probably in the June time frame, and then drifting down through the fall. Uh, as it usually does, it'll reach its minimum kind of in the late <clears throat> in the late fall and October time frame, and then rise through the late fall and uh, winter months. When you release the water, when it's, you start to draw that down, uh, you know I know in some years, you know some of the, the the homes or areas around there might have seen just a little flooding, you know maybe on yards that type of thing. Are they going to see that kind of thing this year? No, our releases should be well within the channel this year. All of the releases that we'll have. Um, you know, when you talk about drawing it down, we're we're really just uh, having normal releases in order to meet our minimum service navigation. So, 
the releases this year will even be lower than they typically will be because we're supporting minimum service navigation. So at, the, at this point, at this point, it's it's um, going as you expected it, right? I mean, and you're not seeing a, a whole lot of more water coming into the reservoir at this at this time, correct? That's correct. Thank you. You're welcome, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Yes. Do we have any additional questions from the state of South Dakota? Congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, tribes, press. Moving to the state of Iowa. Congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, tribes, or press. It's star six to come off mute. State of Missouri. Congressional delegation members, state officials, tribes, local government, or press. Do we have any national press on the line? Do we have any final questions today before we end the call? Okay, just a few remarks from Jody before we conclude today's call. Okay, um, getting back to Tim Brigman's question about whether or not the reservoirs were balanced uh, at the start of last year's runoff season and this year. In 2012, um, on the 1st of March, uh, Fort Peck was 7 tenths of a foot high, Garrison was 9 tenths of a foot high, and Oahe was 1.5 feet low. That was in March of 2012, the unbalancing, so slightly uh, in favor of Fort Peck and Garrison and to the disfavor of Oahe. And then here in 2013, uh, Fort Peck was a half a foot high, Garrison was two-tenths of a foot high, and Oahe was six-tenths of a foot low. So that was in response to Tim's question. Thank you, Jody. Okay, one last call for, for any questions before we adjourn today. Okay. Thank we you, will hold our, You're welcome. Thanks, Tim. We will host our next call Tuesday, June 11th at 1 p.m. Central Time. An updated media advisory will be distributed as a reminder in advance of the call. I'd like to thank you all for participating on today's call, and we are now adjourned.